Welcome to the Professional Plumber Podcast. We hope that these podcasts will bring some insight into who we are and what we do. So while in conversation with the PIRB, sit back, enjoy, and make sure to connect with the PIRB on Facebook or at pirb.co.za for more. Welcome back. It's a lack of technical discussion again this morning or this today in this podcast. And uh, we're continuing our safety tips uh, or our series of safety tips for consumers. And in this specific episode of safety tips for the consumer, we are talking about geyser overflows and more specifically pressure relief valve overflows. But before we head into our conversation and before I fire away with all of the other questions, uh, let's hop into an ad break just quickly. Don't forget to download the all-new and improved App Plumber from the Google Play Store. All your plumbing solutions are just a click away, exclusively for Android users. Welcome back to our listeners. Richard, so what is the PRV overflow? Okay, hi, Willem. Yes, now, well, let's start from the very beginning. So a pressure relief overflow is an overflow from the pressure relief valve. So what is the pressure relief valve? Okay. So what you have in a geyser, if it's a pressurized geyser installation, you have a tank, which is a closed tank, essentially. There are other valves attached to it and outlets and so on. But let's, for the purposes of this description, consider it a closed thing because your taps are closed, which makes it a closed system. And you have a source of heat that is being introduced into that closed tank. So you've got an element, which is fed by electricity, uh, whose purpose it is to heat the water contained in this tank. And as we all may or may not know, water is not compressible. You cannot compress it. uh, And so when you start to heat it up, it starts to expand. It takes up more volume for the same. Uh, as the temperature increases, the volume increases. Mm-hmm. And that additional volume, that expansion of the liquid needs to go somewhere. So the pressure relief valve is placed on the system as exactly to fulfill that function to relieve the additional pressure, which is created by the expansion of the heated water. So, The overflow from that valve is simply a pipe which is attached to that valve and it leads to the outside and it will discharge or dispel that that expanded water, that extra volume which is uh, uh, expanded as the water heats up and that goes then is led to the outside. So that's the concept of it. Because it's a closed system, you've got liquid which is heating up and expanding it doesn't compress and it needs to be let out. The good to remember is that you have a geyser which is rated at a certain pressure. You cannot exceed the rated pressure of a geyser. So if you were to, for example, have an infinitely strong vessel and introduce heat into the thing, you would just keep increasing pressure. Uh, But uh, in this case, that will not survive. The geyser will explode Mm -hmm. and you have to relieve that pressure. And that's the purpose of the thing. Mm -hmm. And that's also the pipe which is visible to you. So we spoke about, you know, the possibilities of a geyser exploding. We spoke about, uh, you know, the fact that when water heats up, it expands and that extra additional pressure needs to uh, get relieved from some something, some device somewhere. 
why else is is the PRV overflow important? The, the that's that's pretty much it in a nutshell. The 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 overflow pipe itself obviously is 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 a means by which to transport the water from the valve to the outside. If you don't have the overflow in place, that expansion water, the dripping water, is just going to drip wherever the valve is. That might be uh, in the ceiling space. It might be um, somewhere under, you know, under and behind a closed or panel access panel or something like that. Whatever the case may be, if you don't lead the water to where it's supposed to be, it's going to damage something along the way. Mm. the The other point of the pressure expansion drip as we call it the we term it the expansion drip the which is the act of dripping the the actual water running away is that it must be able to be seen by the consumer mm-hmm. one has to be able to determine whether it is behaving itself and which brings the other side of the question into play is that does the consumer understand what it is supposed to do has the plumber explained to the consumer what or how it is supposed to be how it is supposed to uh, behave yeah because if the if the consumer knows then they will know whether the geezer is behaving or not absolutely the, right so let's have a look at what can possibly go wrong with the installation or with uh, you know the prv valves and the overflow thereof so if if it stands to reason that and as we've already discussed the 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 purpose of this expansion drip is to allow for that excess pressure to to be dispelled and it is a dangerous situation if you don't allow that to happen and Willem, believe it or not i've seen many installations where the drip of that or from that pipe becomes a nuisance and the homeowner doesn't know any better so they simply close it mm. they go to their local hardware store and they say i've got a I've got a pipe this size and I want to cap it. I want to close it. And they buy what they call a little end cap and they go and put it on. And the guy behind the counter explains to them, no, you just tighten this and do that. And they cap that thing. So because they don't know what it is there for. Mm. So that causes overpressurization. Now, mm. sometimes it's it's caused um, by just uh, that's that kind of um that kind of action, a DIY guy not knowing why it's why it's doing it, so he closes it off. But sometimes it's just a blocked pipe. Uh, some in some very very cold areas, you can have freezing. Mm-hmm. Now, for example, one of the requirements of any geyser, any overflow pipe from a geyser, and there are three of them. Uh, we 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 spoke about trays, and we're going to speak about TPs in another podcast as well. The the pipes need to fall to the outside constantly so that there is no leftover water inside of the pipe. Mm. Because if even even though there's a little belly of, of water in a small pipe and it's to you or I, it doesn't really matter, but freeze it and it becomes a plug. So you've got to ensure the proper installation of these things. So it can be damaged pipe, it can be frozen pipes, it can be deliberate blocking of the pipe. It can be a faulty valve that the valve itself uh, is not anymore allowing the the excess pressure to be discharged. Mm. That is that scenario whereby you've got a buildup of pressure in the system and it's called overpressurization. So that is a very, very dangerous situation. The other thing that can go wrong with an overflow pipe or PRV overflow pipe is that it discharges too much. So you have a constant running water situation and it's constantly running. Not only does it waste 
water, but uh, in some cases it could be wasting electricity. It could be warm water that it's wasting. Um, but it always points to either a faulty valve or if the valve itself is not faulty, then something else in the system is causing this valve to run constantly. And we call, and I'm not going to get technical, I don't want to get technical here, but there is something wrong in the system. Something else is, is pumping pressure into the system that is not supposed to be there, and it is being relieved by this valve. In either case, you need to have it checked out. If the, if the valve is running too much or constantly, without breaks and gaps in its dripping, then there's a problem. Mm. So you have to have it checked out. Um, if, if I may just say, um, uh, Willem, which, which we might cover a little bit later, but the, um, the expansion drip from that pipe should occur intermittently and it should just drip. It mustn't run like a tap or even uh, a semi-closed tap. It should be a, a drip, sometimes quite a rapid drip, but it's just a drip and it's intermittent. In other words, it starts and then it stops and it will start again and it will stop again. And that's correct behavior. Okay. Let's let's have a look at, we, we, you used the words dangers, risks, if we can call it that. Um, and and we, we just spoke about a couple of things that can possibly go wrong with the installation itself. But what are the dangers or the risks associated if such an installation isn't done correctly? So we spoke about overpressurization, which is, I, I hope, self-explanatory. If you do not allow the system to, discharge its uh, excess pressure, it overpressurizes and it, it, it has knock-on effects, which we're not going to get into now because we can talk for three hours as to how this affects and what it needs to happen and the circumstances surrounding it. But if it's not being allowed to discharge, it has knock-on effects, which are all negative. Mm. So that's number one. Then if it's not installed in a way or in a position that it is visible, we go back to that. We've, we've spoken about it with the other overflows. If it's not visible, it's a problem mm. because uh, the consumer then cannot uh, discern or decide or see or observe whether or not the valve is behaving itself or not. Yeah. We, we spoke about the way in which it should behave. You will, even if you're not 100% sure how it should or shouldn't behave, you will be able to determine that, that there has been a change of behavior with that overflow. At least, and yeah. at which point, yeah, at least you will just see, hey, man, yesterday or the last five months it was doing just this and now it's changed. Now it's doing this and it's running a lot and uh, I think I should call somebody. And so you have to be able to see it. So if you don't see it, if it's not installed properly, you cannot diagnose problems and you cannot see it mm. other problems include joining that pipe to very often other overflow pipes within the same system notably the tp discharge pipe which is another podcast mm. if those two pipes are joined you there are a number of knock-on effects Firstly, identification again. You don't know which pipe or which valve it is that is misbehaving. Secondly, um, the nature of that TP discharge pipe is such that it could, if it, if it, if if certain circumstances happen, you could damage not only the 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 
pressure relief overflow valve, but also the pipe as well, because the TP uh, discharge pipe ha has very different characteristics as well. So never to be joined to another pipe. That could have catastrophic circum uh, results. Mm. The mistakes that are made, it is often plumbed straight into the drip tray of the installation. So you've got a geyser with a drip tray underneath, and this pipe is then plumbed or just allowed to discharge into the drip tray. Again, for obvious reasons, you will not be able to identify any misbehavior because it's exiting from the wrong pipe. Yeah. It, you cannot see it exit. And it's going to cause constant wetness in the tray, which is not good for geezer feet, which is not good for um, if it's a metallic tray. There's a lot of knock-on effects. Besides the fact that it is a requirement that it must be led to the outside separately. So that's the uh, other mistake. And of course, there are installations where it is led directly into a waste pipe or a sewer pipe. I've seen, um, sure. believe it or not, yeah, straight into sewage pipes, <laughs> uh, which is quite incredible. But yeah, I've seen it. And for the same reasons, it is um, unidentifiable. You cannot identify any problems with it. It is clearly illegal. Um, but yeah, so bottom line, that pipe must be led separately to the outside of the building to a visible position. And it um, must not cause a nuisance. So when you must understand that it is going to drip. And if it drips, it mustn't cause a nuisance and cause damp patches in front of doorways, that sort of thing. Mm. So that's how that pipe needs to be installed. Before we continue with our conversation, have a listen to this. Plumber training has never been easier with articulated plumber courses. Enroll now to upskill yourself at your own pace and earn CPD points. Our informative and easy to follow courses can be found on iopsatraining.co.za. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Articulated Plumber. All right, Richard, so how can problems and issues be identified? We've spoken about the vis visibility on the outside that must be seen and must be separate and those kind of things. Correct. So, so first of all, go and look for that pipe. Go and have a look for it. It is usually 15 millimeters in diameter, which is the size of your pinky. Mm -hmm. uh, and it will, it will stick out. It should be visible and it will drip several times a day. Look out for damp or wet spots underneath where these overflows are, and and you you hopefully will be able to find that pipe and find its position so that you can keep an eye on it. So to understand how to identify issues, I think it's important to understand how it should behave. And I did touch on it earlier, but just to be more specific, when heat is introduced into this closed system of water, the water expands. And we, we, this we've, done, we've, we've dealt with this already. How often does that happen? It depends on your usage of hot water in the home. If you have um, habits that only use the bulk of the hot water in the morning or in the afternoon, uh, then that is going to be the bulk of the overflow activity of this pipe. Mm. If you use hot water throughout the day, it will follow suit. So usually a home or a geezer, if left to its own devices, in barring barring the um, shall we say the 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 the, the uh, occasions where you have a shower or you run a bath or you you wash dishes, barring those obvious occasions where it will heat up and drip, if left to its own devices, a geezer should 
would probably switch itself on and off again, probably three to four, perhaps five times a day. Mm-hmm. Um, if Some less, some more. Now, so during the course of a day, that pipe should start discharging uh, three to four times a day for a uh, half an hour or, or 15 minutes or an hour, or sometimes if the, if the geyser has been utilized quite a lot, sometimes an hour and a half to two hours and it will drip. And it can easily discharge in a day. Uh, if you have a bucket underneath it, for example, it can easily discharge between three and four liters a day mm. of, oh. of expanded water, which is a big amount. It's a large amount of water. Mm. And people become alarmed at the amount of water it's discharging. Mm. So it depends on the geyser size. It depends on how much hot water you use. But it can be up to three or four liters a day. So that's normal behavior. Mm. I have already um, uh, mentioned the fact that the discharge from this valve must be intermittent. It is not a constant discharge. Mm -hmm. So if there is a constant discharge, it's a problem. If there is a large volume running like an open tap, that's an obvious problem. Mm. So those are the two main lookout things for you to to bear in mind, non-constant or large volumes. Mm. Over and above that, go and have a look for the pipe. If you can cannot see the pipe, there's a problem. Mm. You've got to go and find it. You've got to go see it. And if you can't see it, you've got to ask yourself the question, where is it? We've seen pipes which have not been properly fastened in the ceiling. Somebody's got into the ceiling by accident, just touched this pipe with their foot. What it does is it pulls that, it retracts that pipe backwards from where it used to stick out. Now it's lying on top of the ceiling or sure. in the wall, and it's causing damp problems in the wall, which you only come off, uh, which you only realize uh, six months down the line when it's too late. Go and look for the pipe. It must be visible. You must be able to see the drip. And that's my best advice. Richard, again, um, you know, a lot of value in the content of, uh, you know, our discussion today. I'm sure that it, it, it carries the same kind of value to our listeners out there as it does to me. Yes, we have a lot of plumbers who already know these kind of things. But I do, I do believe that for the consumer out there, you know, these kind of discussions are quite valuable. They are to me. I learn. I continue to learn as we have them. I'm very glad. Yeah, no, I agree. I think it's, uh, as we've said, we the, these are aimed towards the consumer. And uh, hopefully, um, you know, as the months and years pass, we can uh, get some faith in the consumer and the consumer can say, hey, go and listen to some PRB podcasts for good information. Mm-hmm. And that's where we want to be with us. And get a PRB registered plumber to come and work on our premise, at our premises. Correct. Correct. <laughs> Richard, again, thank you. Thanks for joining me for this podcast. And lastly, thanks a stack to our audience for having tuned in and listened to this episode. We'll definitely chat to you again soon. Thanks for having tuned in. Make sure to read more about the PIRB on our website at pirb.co.za and on our social media channels like Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.